Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Luke 1, 39 through 80. How do you respond when God does something amazing for you? Well, today we see two examples of that really flowing from what we read yesterday. We, we saw two announcements, two responses. First, the announcement of the birth of John the Baptist uh, to his father, Zechariah, and we see a lack of faith in the response. And then we see the announcement of the birth of the Messiah to Mary, and we see a humble submission to God in her response to it. Well, today we see more of the story and really more of their response. And we see two things that are said, really, they seem to be prophetic sayings. One, it says clearly in verse 67 that this was a prophetic saying from Zechariah. And then we also say these words from Mary. And so we kind of see, I guess what you could say is almost like two Psalms, two songs, two sayings in this passage today. And that's what I want to spend most of our time on. And honestly, that's what fills most of our passage today. So I want to read both of these in their entirety for us to meditate on and really for us to to model our own response to God and his goodness to us after. Now, it starts with Mary going and visiting her relative, Elizabeth. So, Elizabeth is the mother of John the Baptist, and her and Mary clearly are related. Uh, And so, on some level, Jesus and John the Baptist are related. And so, Mary goes to Elizabeth's house, and this pre-born John the Baptist, inside the womb of his mother, leaps at the arrival of Mary and, and Uh, really now her with the Messiah inside of her. And you you see Elizabeth say uh, very great things. She clearly understands what's going on. And she says, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? So she clearly understands that this baby inside of Mary now is going to be the Messiah. And Mary responds to this with what is often known as the Magnificat. Why is it called that? Well, because in the Latin translation, which dominated the world for a long time, that's the first word of it. But it says this, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked upon the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has set away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. Now, there we see Mary's heart and her response, and it's one of praise, and it's one 
of worship. She clearly understands, even though there's difficulty about this situation for her, she understands what has gone on and she understands the blessing of her situation to where she can say that the one who is mighty has done great things for me. Um, and I think part of that is just her own sense of privilege of being the mother of this Messiah. Also, you, you get a clear sense of she gets the bigger picture of what the coming of the Messiah means. And, and we see some great truth in this song. And one thing we'll see even elsewhere in Luke, we see it throughout the gospels is Jesus teaches a change is coming. It is not about whether you're wealthy now or whether you're poor now, uh, because we see even a lot of that even is going to be reversed. What matters according to this uh, song of Mary is, do you fear God? His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, do you fear God? Those are those who will experience the mercy of God and be able to say what Mary says here. And and that's where this is a great song or a great saying as a model for any Christian. Because if you are saved, can you not say, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked upon the humble estate of his servant? Can you not say that if you are a Christian? You should be able to say, my soul magnifies the Lord. God has done great things for me. God has rescued me uh, from my sin. And and, and also another theme we're going to start seeing is God has kept his promise. You know, he, he's done all this, verse 55, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. So I want to encourage you to praise God because you can look at the birth of Christ and say, that's my savior. Mary is the mother of my Lord. And so I, I can feel these words. I can relate to these words of worship in response to the great things that God has done for me. And I really want you to take some time. You can compose a song if you want to, but I would at least encourage you to take some time to reflect and remember on the the great things that God has done for you if you are a Christian. And that should go all the way back to the birth of the Messiah. You should be just as grateful for this because Jesus is your Savior. But also, you should be able to think of many things. Just, okay, Jesus was born 2,000 years ago. When did you get saved? It was an act of God. Praise Him for the great things He did for you. What are all the other ways you've seen Him provide? Take time and reflect on this today. And then we kind of come back to the story of John the Baptist and his father, Zechariah, who cannot talk, and the child is born, and they want to name him after his father, and the mother is trying to hold down the fort. Nope, we're going to call him John, because that's what the angel told them to do. And so finally, they bring dad into this, and they get him a writing tablet, and he says his name is John. And really with this thing, which I think it was an act of faith now on Zechariah's part, his mouth is opened and his tongue is loosed and he blesses God. And you get this sense, people, they say that this is not normal. These events, um, miracles, this is not what we've normally seen in this world. Something is up. Something is going on. And we know well, the, the Messiah is about to be 
born. And then we see Zechariah give his prophetic saying, and we'll read all of that starting in verse 60. It says, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us and to show mercy, the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace." So a couple of things to notice about this saying, we saw some of it at the end of Mary's statement where she talked about how God is doing this as he spoke to our fathers. You see a lot more of that, especially at the beginning there of Zechariah, he makes it very clear. God is fulfilling the words that came through the prophets. Um, and so that's another thing that should really stand out to us from our reading today. God keeps his promises. He kept all the promises related to the coming of the Messiah. And you can be sure that God will keep all of his promises that relate to you. God's promises are a sure foundation that you can trust. Another thing we see from this song of Zechariah really is the nature of salvation. We see a component in verse 77 that uh, this salvation that is coming involves the forgiveness of sins that we need to be forgiven and that Jesus didn't just come on a mission to say nice things and to teach us how to be nice people. He came so that we might be forgiven of our sins. And that was clear even before he was born. And it also in the song makes clear, it's not merely about forgiveness. It is about us living in a different way so that we might as it says in verse 74 and 75, serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. So Jesus came to forgive us from our sin and to free us and set us on a different path. And we see that in this song, uh, this or this saying of Zechariah. I keep calling them songs and that's because what well, we've turned many of these into songs and even it's indented in most of your English Bibles, kind of like poetry would be, but it's likely they just said these things. We don't know that they sang them, but they make me think of songs that we would sing and even lyrics that have come from these, or maybe songs that some of you should write to express the truth of what they say in these sayings. And so as we wrap up, just again, to remember some of these things, you should reflect and praise God for your salvation, the birth of Christ, how God saved you specifically, all the great things that he has done for you. And then note, um, there in Zechariah's song, just the nature of salvation, forgiveness of sin and moving a different way, and just the, the promise keeping nature of our God. And finally, note one of my favorite ways to refer to the coming of Christ is in verse 78 of Luke 2, where it says, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. The coming of Jesus was like the sunrise from on high. What a beautiful picture 
that is. And the sun has risen, but now we're, we're living in a world where, where Christ is not physically present. Guess what? The sun is going to rise again. Jesus Christ is coming back. And I hope this passage today also just fills us with yearning for that sunrise to come. Thanks for taking into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.